You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. The Sportsman's Nation is a 2% for conservation certified business. And on August 21st, you can join other conservationists all over the world in supporting Community Conservation Day. It's a day for anyone to give their time and or dollars back to their local ecosystems and favorite conservation causes. For more information on how you can participate, visit fishandwildlife.org. Heading deep into the backcountry requires a select list of purposeful items. Items that serve a profound reason for being there. When ounces add up to pounds, fluff and fillers are a no-go. Wild Spice Company brought the same mentality to their backcountry seasoning. A small selected list of the finest ingredients go into a sealed pouch that can be tossed in the pack. The telecherry peppercorns really add a delightful punch to a trophy cut of meat or even a dry-freezed meal in the pouch. Visit wildspice.com or find the link in the show notes. Choose from any one of their great blends and use the code HUNTIVORE at checkout to save 15% on your order. Welcome to the Hunt of War podcast, powered by Sportsman's Nation, where we celebrate the hunting and fishing lifestyle through the utilization and consumption of our wild game. No egos. Fork in hand, beer in the other. No status. A piece of red meat on a hot grill and turn it into a burnt offering. Just catch it, cut it, cook it. This is episode 73, Greg Tubbs and Eric Clark, OKest Hunters. Nick is joined by Eric and Greg of Where to Hunt Podcast and the creators of OKest Hunter. Together, the guys talk about being okay in the woods or on the lake, how the digital platform is affecting the outdoor lifestyle, and how these Midwest heroes are using and enjoying their venison. All this coming at you on the next episode of Huntable. we're going back and forth um as eric you were getting on i was talking with greg a little bit um and greg was mentioning he's he's just the lowly co-host um it sounds like he does keep you in line though he he brings you in on when you're supposed to be here he keeps you logistically there but at the same time i I definitely don't dress him or pick his clothes out for him but (laughs) you know but you talked about just being the co-host and you just kind of add your two cents in there. Um, doing, doing my homework, I came across the, the venison episode and Greg, I think you, you took the reins on that one. You did very well. Thank you. I, you know, we've all eaten a lot of bad venison and it's kind of nice to be able to take it and do something with it and appreciate how good it really is. Once you figure out how to cook it. Exactly. You know? I think I some mean, guys too, they, they think it's rocket science or it's. Yeah. I, we, and I don't, I, I don't get that because simple is for, to me, simple is always better. One for prep time. Right. I mean, if you got a family, you got a regular day job, 
you know, my day job would keep me working till late hours of the night. It used to when I was on call all the time and, and out in the field. But quick, simple, easy. Meats thawed, pepper, salt, hot skillet, go. You know, not it, it doesn't take much. And enjoy the meat or the vegetables or whatever they are, whatever you're cooking for what it is. A lot of that stuff, if you're getting it right in season, you know, asparagus right now, morels right now, mm-hmm. oh, they don't, it doesn't get any better than that. Nice and simple. Kind of mm. like Eric. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just well, finally hey, around in a corner. I'm finally like getting on base here with the venison. I, you know, previous to last year, the best meals were like anything ground stews. That was it. That was like the only way I could deal with venison in a way that would make it good for other people. Um, I wouldn't care, but they would care. And by they, usually my wife, uh, this last year I bought a pellet grill and I feel like that's like smoking meat for dummies. I don't have to babysit anything. I turn it on, it burns wood and it smokes meat and it's flipping awesome. Uh, and then I just, this year started finally experimenting with the cast iron skillet and that's changed my life. I'm like, you might as well, I'm like equating it to eating a steakhouse. That's how good I think it is. Um, So I'm very proud of myself with this. For you, for you, it, it changed your life for the pioneers that pretty much broke ground on this continent. That was a way of life. So exactly if it wasn't if it wasn't hitting something attacking camp it was cooking food that's right (laughs) or subduing a a would-be attacker yeah well this seems like a perfect segue we've already started our conversation but folks tonight i am joined uh for a couple guys across the big lake i'm joined uh by eric clark uh his handle is outdoors uh marketing guy he seems to really know his way around the podcast platform and just the whole digital environment. And I'm also joined by his co-host, Greg, who some have said that he always seems to forget something on purpose at the truck so he can go back for another donut. But I also think that he is the only man to convince Aaron Rodgers to stay with the pack. (laughs) As a Lions fan, I'm loving the drama. Oh, just feed me more drama. What do you guys think? You what. Is Aaron staying or is he going? He's staying. He's staying. It's all drama right now. It just it's all drama. It's all it's all media driven drama. And I'll tell you why. You haven't heard Aaron Rodgers come out, confirm, or deny any of the drama that's going on. It's all he said, she said stuff. Far far did weigh in though. Favre did, and so did a, f- a handful of other Packers, you know, A.J. Hawk and but, but James Favre's Jones. Packer, but Packer has not weighed in. Right. Real <laughs> I did, crotch- I, I did see Kuhn. Kuhn said something. See, Kuhn even said it. It's fixable. All of them said it's fixable. It gotcha. doesn't matter, because I'll tell you where I'll be when they're playing football. Not in my living room watching football. There's deer to be killed. There you go. I'm glad you brought this back into perspective, Greg, as, <laughs> as a lions fan, I am like, I watched the first quarter and, you know, I start, I, I start packing on, uh, underlayers, you know, about second quarter. And that's, that's usually when they're done at that point, or they do gift me with a comeback in the fourth. And I'm usually in the stand by then. So no, I, <laughs> I take everything in stride, but anytime as a lions fan that I can get just even something to poke at, Oh, I'll take, I'll take any bit I can. You bet. You bet. But yeah, these two gentlemen are from the Where to Hunt uh, podcast. They also run uh, OKest Hunter, which is something I think they've put out as a bit of a joke and a bit of a bit of a poke at, at us hunters and anglers. But at the same time, I think there's a huge message uh, with that whole thing. Um, gentlemen, uh, thank you so much for coming on on the podcast and just as we're getting around the horn, you guys are, uh, I got, I got Greg at home and I'm catching Eric, uh, in his car right now as he's, as he's on his way. Um, I was going to ask what, uh, what's in the cast, uh, the cast glass tonight. I'm rocking an IPA. Are you, 
you pop anything open, Greg? I know it's Thursday, but it's it's Thursday's Thursday here, and I, I'm I've gone to very basic and cheap, but here we go. Oh, the high life. The high life, man. <laughs> you you can't beat a, a Miller High Life. <laughs> you can't do it. I, it's Unless warmer, you need something refreshing. Yeah, I mean, I'm all for a Yangling too. Don't get me wrong; I can drink those just as good as I can drink a High Life. Yeah, those haven't come across the border yet into Michigan. We nope. still have to go to Pennsylvania. Are those yep. now working their way into Wisconsin? There's talk of it, but somebody told me they're in Illinois. I didn't see them. I saw them in Tennessee or Kentucky when I was on my way back from Florida, where I brought some home from. Um. But either way, it is a, a damn good beer. Very where drinkable. Would, where would you guys rate the Spotted Cow? Because that's a sought-after thing here in the Mitten. We, when, we, when somebody goes to Wisconsin, Cheese Curds is brought up and New Glarus is brought up. Well, do you those, are, those are two things that go hand-in-hand, hand, and that for some reason that's what we're known for, the cow. Uh, I go in spurts with that stuff. I mean, you can get a skunky six pack of that and go, man, I can't believe I drink this crap to go into a bar where they got it fresh on tap and it tastes phenomenal. It flows like water. So I think it tastes better on tap. Personally, it's not bad out of a can. You know, you think from a bottle to a can, it should be a no brainer that from the bottle, it should be better. But I don't know, maybe sometimes bottles just don't move fast enough. Um, I got other beers I like better, but it, it's all right. It's meh. It's okay. Meh. It's okay. Meh. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> now, Eric, you, you lean towards the liquor. You hang towards the brown water. Am I, am I right? You enjoy something with a little more punch. Yeah. You know, I don't know what's happened to me as I age up here, but beer doesn't make me feel nice. Um, and I like, I like a good beer. Like, um, there's a, there's a brewery nearby Greg called Hubbleton and we were drinking a bunch of that, uh, two summers That's ago, good stuff. Good stuff. but you know, I, I do like a bush light cause you can drink a lot of them and they just go down. So if I'm actually like looking to actually drink drink, that's what I'll go to. But if I just want a beer maybe, but otherwise scotch and bourbon, um, and usually scotch, the bourbon I like is actually the drop time spirits because, uh, well, they give it to us, which is, step one there you go so anything he's automatically swayed free beer he's like and it's really kid. alcoholic it's like a really high alcohol content and i like that so i just want i want the effect like i don't want to have to drink 12 beers to get what i can get in two glasses and i, I just really actually enjoyed the activity of like having it could be water i don't really care but when it's booze it's good and it just keeps going it keeps going it's just the activity so greg will see me sitting there i'll pour up just a, the tiniest little like it'll be like a quarter of a shot but i just need to have more activity yeah, that's what it is. Let's be honest; he's kind of like a cocaine addict with that stuff. <laughs> but I drink, I drink Tuesdays, and that's like kind of it. I don't have time to be drinking and getting drunk. I don't get drunk. I'm gonna I call. Be I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call bullshit on that because <laughs> there's an awful lot of drop time spirits gone out of that bottle from the time well, I leave Tuesday night till the time I return the next Tuesday. Yeah. Well, what Greg does realize is I stay up to like midnight producing, so I'm those bottles are still getting they're still flowing by the time you're gone. <laughs> So that's so just straight, on, straight on ice, right, Eric? Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I don't want to water it down with soda. That tastes like shit. So yeah, it's bright mm. here. Mm. Uh, well, no, anyway, I do, yeah, I do like I do like that stuff. It's it's just nice to have something to sip. Yeah. Um, if I'm trying to have a coherent conversation, I'm gonna stick with uh the barley pop. But yeah, you get into maybe that if a real walk in the weeds, you start getting into the I do enjoy the bourbon. Um Maybe it's because just my upbringing in the in the farm, but the wild turkey and getting mm. into some of the higher rye stuff, where I don't I don't want it to burn me necessarily, but just a right. little bit of spice. Oh, it really yep. just does a good job. Yeah, Johnny Walker Black is my go-to. Um, that's what I. That's like my even keel. So anything that matches that flavor profile is pretty good. If it gets too peaty, like Lafroig, can't. That's too much. Uh, I don't know, but you know, it's funny getting into the weeds you mentioned. I did a podcast with Kevin Vistason with Deer Hunter a couple of years ago. We've done more than that, but we went back to back, him on mine, mine on his, and we couldn't air the episodes. We got too trashed, both of us. He's <laughs> like, dude, I can't publish this. Like, I don't think I can publish mine either. We, I don't even know what the hell we talked about. 
So yeah, you got to be careful with that stuff. When you went back and listened to it, it was like having the conversation for the first time. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you were just as excited <laughs> as everybody else. <laughs> That's what it feels like to be a guest. <laughs> well, hey, gentlemen, this has been a great start. Um, I let's let's start back at the beginning. Um, I am an adult onset hunter. Um, in fact, one of my good buddies refers to me as a hunting hipster. Like I. I don't purposely wear tight fitting jeans, but I just have big thighs. And so straight leg jeans end up looking like skinnies and I've been wearing flannel before it was necessarily cool, but then I jumped into the hunting aspect. And so he loves to just poke at that, but you guys have been enjoying the sport of hunting and fishing through your whole lives. Uh, Greg, give us a start on what, what what got you into the outdoors and what has you still continuing to go out every season? All right, we're going to go with the long, short version. I grew up out in the country on a farm where we had a river that wrapped around the property and dumped into a lake in front of us. So I had walleye fishing, white bass fishing, cat fishing right there, right front or back door. Duck hunting. Dad duck hunted dad deer hunted a ton so it was river bottom property phenomenal property and dad did quite a bit of hunting there and we also had i want to say probably about five thousand acres of public land right across the road so there was no excuse to not be out hunting you know and growing up my dad didn't do a good job of keeping a keeping employment so he was out hunting all the time bringing home rabbits, squirrels, deer, ducks, whatever. We, we ate everything. Everything was barbecue bunny, okay, or barbecue chicken. Didn't matter what it was. It was done in barbecue sauce and chili or whatever. Well, I'm, I'm eating barbecue chicken. So it was all good. You know, I ate a lot of wild game as a kid. And then as eventually as I got older, you know, dad, dad didn't have a whole lot of patience to teach me or my brother, but we would be out there. We'd be out there deer hunting. You know, and I did a little turkey hunting, never got into duck hunting until later on, you know, as like a 20 year old, I got a dog and it was the excuse to go out and duck hunt, you know, so it was awesome to watch that dog work and hunt. But, you know, deer hunting has always been there. I kind of gave up some hunting for a few years as I kind of got set in my career of being an HVAC technician, uh, being a service technician in the field going place to place and fixing problems and, and doing a little bit of plumbing along with that. But that job kind of being on call, it really put a damper on being able to make it up for, for gun deer season for opening weekend. And I didn't have enough time to bow hunt at that time. So I did whatever I could. And it, it seemed like duck hunting and maybe a little bit of bird hunting was easier to, to do. And fishing was always there. I mean, I've been fishing pretty much since I could walk out on that, out on that river, out on a lake or going up north to grandpa's place. So that's, it's kind of where it started. And, you know, as a young kid, I even had like aspirations of being a, a professional fisherman of some sort. And, you know, I, I worked for a guy and he's like, Oh, I don't know why you want to do that. And you'll never, you'll never make it. And you'll never, uh, you can't make any money doing that. You should just, you got to work, you know? So I, I, I should can that idea and just, I worked. So all I did was work. So don't ever let someone tell you, you can't do something. It, it's the worst thing you could possibly tell a kid, you know, you got to dream about doing something. You should just go do it. So here I am in my forties now and trying, trying to live the dream. So it, it's been great. I, I do more deer hunting now, uh, probably in the last six, seven years than I have in a very long time and I enjoy the heck out of it. I, you know, I obviously don't have a big wall full of bucks. Don't care. I have fun every year going out, whacking a couple does. And if I get lucky and shoot a buck, that's even better. It's icing on the cake. I get a Turkey almost every year. So it's, it's fun. I love it. And Lake Michigan salmon fishing, love doing that out of my boat. Yeah. You know, so there's always something in the freezer to to enjoy you know and i look at that and 
yeah, I remember when I caught this or when I, when I got these ducks or whatever, and then, you know, making something tasty with it and then sharing it with my family and my friends, everybody appreciates it a ton. You share it? You be quiet <laughs> over there. You eat it. Uh, we'll blame COVID, okay? Hey, there you go. <laughs> Social distancing. <laughs> <laughs> I love, Greg, that you have that perspective, too. Like, you just are saying, like, you were brought up in it, and it was just something that you always knew. And not to say that you didn't uh, appreciate it then, but then how how excited you are in these, like you were mentioned, the past six or seven years that you've been able to dive back in, like, you've you've been away from it. You, you were held back from it as you were starting your career and what an awesome perspective for, for an outdoorsman to be like, you know, I, I, I did this as a kid and here I am, like I went out, got my career and I finally am able to have some free time and I'm going to venture back out into the woods. That's a really neat perspective. Yeah. Well, and it helps that I have a wife that appreciates, you know, me bringing home some something to eat once in a while for us and she's super understanding so uh, you know you don't get anywhere without having some kind of support behind you with all that stuff either so amen have cat for dinner tonight yeah i might have cat for dinner tonight <laughs> i was gonna say there's something making noise uh the funny thing today is his birthday he's 18 years old oh my god yeah did, did you get him a cake I asked my wife if she was going to get him a fish cake. She said, no, we're going to feed him some chicken. So I don't think so. But <laughs> whatever. So, Eric, where did you get your start? As a, as a young guy, were, were you out there? Or, or when did you blossom out into the outdoors? Yeah, I would say the outdoors as a kid. I mean, my dad took me fishing. You know, the bluegill is the gateway drug for me. And eventually bass and pike and, you know, just inland lake fishing. Uh, as much as I could, I would go ride my bike with my pole in my tackle box and catch fish anywhere we could get them carp you name it uh loved cooking fish when i was a kid i'd get really creative with it uh fell in love with lemons and fish and that's kind of like still my go-to if i get a fish fry somewhere i gotta have like 100 freaking lemons to pour on there um but i i used to build a lot of forts in the woods i think the fire department was called on me a number of times for you know having too many campfires in the woods that I probably shouldn't have been having in areas that you know you're not supposed to burn stuff and it's pretty cool in the fire ring compliments your fort, but you're not supposed to be doing that. And then my dad had a recurve hanging around his garage and as a bored kid, uh, you know, he kind of set me up with that thing and I got to some target practice and I, I was just always in the woods. Like that was obsessive climbing trees, building forts, starting fires, catching frogs, turtles. So I think I had a soft shell turtle, a snapping turtle and a painted turtle all as a pet at once. Had tadpoles that turned into leopard frogs and it was always in the mud and the river and all this and that. And then, uh, you know, I didn't actually get into hunting until I think I didn't go my first time until I was like 16 or 17. Uh, and then that was gun hunting. And then later on in my early twenties, my dad, I asked for a gift card to a rock climbing place. So I want to rock climb. And he didn't get me that gift card. He got me, uh, his old hand-me-down bow and a gift card to an archery shop in town here, West town archery. And we went there and he got himself a nice shiny new bow. And I was really like, that looks really nice. And then I got to outfit the old bow with some newer stuff, you know, site and, uh, get the strings updated or something. And yeah, that was like all of the money. Like, why is this, why is that so expensive? Like what the hell is going on here? $150 got me like two things, you know, but it was a dart and Viper dual cam and, uh, you know, killed plenty of deer for my dad. And I, I shot zero deer with it. The first shot at a deer I had with it was in the Nicolay national forest. And two bucks come strolling down the path that I just walked in on. So I just assumed it was another hunter. And uh, I wasn't ready at all. I just got in the tree. Don't know what I'm doing. First time in there. And two bucks, they stop broadside right in front of me. So one buck can take a piss. And I'm like, oh, this is it. This is going to be my first hunt ever with the freaking bow up in the Nicolay. I'm going to I'm gonna kill this deer. So I go to pick up my bow and it's upside down. And I slowly rotate it. I got it right side up. They didn't notice yet. So they're pretty young and stupid like I was. Then I go to put my release on and it had like the little rubber stopper on the string. Well, I put it on the upside side of it. So I'm zip all the way up to the top of the cam. And I'm like, son of a bitch. So by the time I finally got an arrow knocked and drew back, they were gone. Uh, like not, they didn't run off. They didn't know I was there, but they were out of sight. And I was like, I can't just fling arrows and stuff. So it was really uh, heart pounding. And that was my first taste of bow hunting. And I was like, that was cool. So now I'm really into bow hunting. Um, what am I 35 now? So 
you know, going on 10 or 15 years or something like that. Uh, and I love it. I love it a lot. Uh, it's a good time, but gun hunting was my first, you know, time hunting. And I didn't get a deer. I didn't get a deer till I don't know, it was like 22 or three or something like that. It was with a shotgun slug pump action from the ground, shot him right in the neck and he tumbled over and died. And I was like, there we go. Finally, finally got it done. You know, that's, what's like to kill a deer. So, and then I learned you got to do a lot of work after that. Right. Yes. Yes. There's a lot of work after that. Have you been rock climbing since you've started hunting? No, (laughs) (laughs) no, you could say yes to that. Just not out there with the purpose of rock climbing. You climbed rocks to get to places, which we did. (laughs) Gotcha. Well, Hey, maybe old pops knew what he was doing by getting you invested in the archery shop. There's no time to have another vice you can't get into drugs and you can only experiment with alcohol because you got to get something new for the bow or you're always buying buying Mm -hmm. more arrows yeah i mean i can tell you that fishing and hunting kept me out of trouble because we always lived out out of town you know in the country so just like eric pedaling my bike everywhere with my fishing pole and my my tackle box and catching carp and catfish all other kids are out doing other things um it really kept me out of trouble until i decided i wanted to outfit my youth bowl with a carp shooting setup so i'm pedaling into town with my youth youth bow and an arrow and, and the reel and all that stuff and i didn't have it cased and i should have known better but i didn't have it cased and it was across the handlebars of my bike and all of a sudden police officer comes past me and whips around and turns his lights on sounds the siren. I pull over, you know, on my bike <laughs> and uh, he's, he's like, uh, where are you going with that? Well, I'm just going to go down by the dam and shoot some carp. No, I don't think so, son. You need to take that home right now. All right. So back home, I went, grabbed the fishing pole instead. So you know, that's probably about the worst I think I got into when I was a kid. It's just that. So it's pretty boring. Yeah. My first bad of trouble was bringing a stink bum into school and anything like that. <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny, but I was like, oh, Hilarious. I don't want to be one of those bad kids. But yeah, it stunk up the whole hallway. It's pretty bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. Little joke shop. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys have created this this whole idea of okayist hunter and this is uh eric this is a a brainchild that you started what two two years ago three years ago something like that yeah i would say probably near two years ago the website didn't launch until june 1st of last year so the website has been up for a year yet or you're around in the corner to a year mark on that but i pitched the idea uh even further back than that and it wasn't no bites and then uh i met a friend of mine tyler meaden who's also a listener of the Hunt podcast. He lives in my town. So we got coffee together and a couple of coffees later, I was like, do you want to go in on this thing with me? I think you'd be a good fit to just see what happens here. And uh, he was a really good at like, you know, growing Instagram pages and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I'm a, somewhat of a creative, I, I can't turn it off. So, you know, I always got to be creating something and building. And uh, the idea was, I got really sick of seeing people get bashed for, you know, posting a picture of a deer that wasn't the biggest, or they'd say it's not the biggest, but which is fine, except it shouldn't be that way. You should have to pre-defend yourself. And, uh, then I saw a kid get bullied by some hunters for the same. And I was like, you gotta freaking do something about this. Like, what can I do to take action? And some other people suggest like, you know, why don't you get outside with kids and teach them stuff? I'm like, I don't have time for that. It's not realistic, but I want to make an impact. And so I read this okay hunter idea. Everyone's got the world's okay everything, but if you take the world's off, there's an open market there. So we did that, created a brand, um, and then started posting, and it resonated with everybody. I mean, I don't think there's anyone that doesn't resonate with the failures and dip, dipshit stuff that happens in the woods. You know, I stepped on a log once, full well knowing I shouldn't have been doing it because it was wet and slippery, but I was like, I'm gonna step on this log, whoop, right on my back, stuck like a turtle, my stand stuck on the log doing this. And you know, like no one was around, just the trees saw me, but I was like, damn, I knocked the wind out of myself. The gun hit me in the freaking face. 
I'm stuck on these logs. Like this is some stupid shit that happens in the woods to everybody. I forgot something. I pick my bow up upside down. Like you make a lot of goofy mistakes and come to learn even the guys that shoot big deer, they make mistakes too. Um, and so putting out this goofy stuff started to resonate. And then we decided to lean into a harder and say, we can use this as the way to end buck shaming and deer shaming. So that's the mission. And then sales go back to conservation. So we're a uh, 2% certified brand or business now. So every single one, 1% of our total revenue goes back to conservation. We're actually donating to the Walker's County Land Conservancy, which is here in our town um, in Wisconsin. And they acquire private land and allow it for public access for hunting and or recreating. So it's a, like, that makes me excited. I can give back to my like local community to something I'm doing. And then uh, Tyler, who's in on this with us, um, he's more of a, he does a lot of pheasant hunting and stuff. So he has an organization he gives back to on that side of things. So, you know, and then we have to, we have to volunteer our time too, in order to be 2% certified. So we got to put in 20 hours a year between the two of us um, and like, show that we're doing that so i think overall the message to me seems strong we just started the oks hunter crew about a week or two ago i think we had like 50 applicants in the first day and we have more coming in and i read every single applicant everybody had shared something really meaningful and deep and personal about why they like the mission and that that intrinsic value that i saw from that was more than i could have possibly imagined we have people that i'll see you know share a buck with us that's like a, a spike or something and I'll go look on their profile and they don't have any pictures of it. They won't post on theirs, but they'll feel comfortable posting on our stuff. So it's kind of like a safe place, you know, like our motto is killing with kindness. If we see some shaming going on, we just dogpile it with kindness. And I, I don't think that fire should fight with more fire. Let's put some water on this stuff and let's just make positivity louder. That's kind of the name of the game. So yeah, it's fun. It's a good space for me to be creative and, and flex that and have fun and remind everybody why the hell we got into this stuff and get out of the, the rat race of it, you know? Exactly. Oh man, you couldn't have said that any better. Just laying out what you guys have created because as, as a guy who I do, I wear the meat, the meat hunter brand hard. And that is, awesome. that, that's why I'm out there to do that. And you, you know, you're, you're exactly right that I, I want to be proud of the animals that I get because I do, I put a lot of work into getting even the small spike. And this year, like we talk about that, the, the buck came off. I had hard hunted hard all archery season. And the one that came into range at the opportune point was a spike. And I said, buddy, you are my prize. And I, I oh, went with it and I oh, love yeah. it. Oh yes. I was about to ex shoot a freaking five pointer earlier in the season. I was like, this is it. It was close, this is a, man. This is a public land buck with my bow. Like he's going to get it, you know? <laughs> I didn't give a shit. I was so excited about it. And then I eventually shot that eight pointer, you know, but that's just it, man. It, like uh, my buddy, Jared from Arkansas says, whatever gets your piss hot. And that's what I'm all about. Or it gets your heart pumping. Uh, my heart was pumping. So I eventually cooled down. And if th I think maybe I would have like held off. Greg was like, no, if this is what you want, do it, man. And I'm like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> exactly. So to bring sure confidence did. back to after you've sent that arrow to be like, yeah, I made a good clean shot. It didn't go any, you know, it didn't go very far. I recovered nope. the animal, the whole adventure. And then, yeah, like, like Greg was saying earlier, like, this is just the beginning of the story. You still have the second half. You got to get this animal out. You got to get it processed. There's still going to be a huge bounty, no matter what was on top of its head at that point, be it a doe, be it a small buck. So that's why I, I mean, and when you guys put this out there and you continue to put out there, like I, I do, I grab onto that and I see myself in a lot of those posts where you, where you've had it either making mistakes or even just being bold enough to say like, this is a prize and I'm not going to shy away from it. So Correct. good yep. on you guys for doing that. Yeah, man. It, it's awesome. You know, and not everybody thinks the way we do either. You know, and I, I look at it and hear them crawling into my freezer right now i grab a hold of a package of meat venison roast here it is yum yum i look at that package and i go yep i know exactly which dough that is and i can go, kind of relive that whole situation you know that's the one that i hit too far forward and because i was shooting the arrows i was shooting and and you know all the practice i did that that arrow was plan b and it it did what it had to do and I found that doe not nearly as far away as I thought it was going to be. 
you know, it's just one of those things that you you won't forget. But you it's know, it's not the shame that the big breeder. That's you know, it's not a. You get a big deer, that's freaking awesome too. That just means that's what trip your trigger. So yeah, it's not an us versus them. It's a everyone be happy <laughs> thing. Yeah, everyone be happy. Everybody try to be on the same team because you know, if this gets taken away from us, what are we gonna do then? We need, we need everybody together, working together, have the same mission, and, and everybody's got their little side missions. But end result should be, hey, we all love to hunt. I love to eat it. Most people do. Not everybody does, but most of us do. Let's do the right thing. Help each other out. Quit shaming each other. Quit putting each other down. Work together on it. It's not that hard. I think you hit the nail right there on the head that if we're going to, if we're going to have so much infighting on, well, you have to go out in the woods and you have like three different sets of criteria, like nobody's shooting anything, but at the same time, nobody's on the same team. And that just creates openings to lose what we love every year. I, I mean, just the Wisconsin tradition, the Michigan tradition, the orange army that goes out every year, like that stuff that we can't let die. We can't let that go away. And nope. if we continue to continue to divide and fight, we're that's going to be gone before we know it. Yeah, it's, it's the deer hunter tradition. You know, we're all deer hunters from Michigan, Wisconsin, you know, Illinois, Texas. I mean, Texas is a huge population of hunters, too, but they don't have the public land we do up here. I don't know where I'm going with that, but... <laughs> Rabbit hole. Here we go. Just wandering. So you get lost in the woods. Just wanted to take a time out and say thank you to the listeners for tuning in. It really does mean a lot. I would also appreciate that if you haven't already left a rating or review, uh, to go ahead and do that. It all helps folks find us and get on board using and enjoying their wild game. Feel free to chat with us and ask questions either on Facebook, The Huntable or Instagram at Huntamore. Got a recipe you think is dynamite and want to share? Or have some show topic ideas? Email us at Huntamore at gmail.com. For even more hunting and fishing podcasts by real, relatable sportsmen, head over to Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, which happens to be a 2% for conservation company, who give 1% of their earnings and 1% of their time helping out the wildlife and wild places we all love. Now, back to the show. Drivers and everything else in my pickup whenever I go over there. <laughs> hey, he can do things. On, he can do things that do I can things can't. on the digital platform that I would never be able to do. Like, yes, here. I can handle a saw. I can handle an axe and... Greg, you have got it down with the HVAC system and just being able to handle the, the handyman stuff. But what you know, I do, we got, we got calluses on our yeah. hands working hard. Eric's got calluses from digitally putting things together. Right up there. And I think that's, that's something to be proud of as well. There's a reason he doesn't have hair left. <laughs> exactly. He's pulling it out left and right. Pulling it out. He's got a callus <laughs> on his head. Well, this is a great segue then, Eric, I wanted to talk a little bit about hunting, fishing, our lifestyles that we have chosen you guys from an early age, me that I picked up, um, halfway through where I finally started to pursue my own meat. Um, we're starting to put hunting and fishing. I shouldn't say starting. It's been around for a while, but we're starting to jump into the digital platform. We're showing off our lifestyle. We're communicating with other hunters. We're communicating with other anglers. Is, is this the new wave for hunting and fishing? Is this how we're going to keep ourselves aloft and having our traditions continue on, continuing on is by digitizing our experiences? I think it's everywhere. It's not just hunting. It's everything. It's just human beings, and it's just... Uh... I think technology is exploiting some things that might look ugly that have always been there. Uh, it's just, you just can't get away from it. I think it's a little unnatural to have this many connections in life. I don't think that was something as human beings that we're really used to. So that's been a bit of a challenge. And with that comes more opinions. Um, you know, circles of friends are getting larger and uh, 
things of that nature. But, you know, it's just a natural progression. It's going to continue to happen and there'll be more and more people if they haven't jumped in yet, they're already there. I mean, look at the Go Wild platform with Brad Luttrell out of Kentucky. That platform is amazing. It's incredible. It's a really positive social experience for outdoorsmen and women of all shapes and sizes as far as what they like to do in the outdoors, whether it's hunting or recreating or what have you. Um, some of the other platforms are getting a bit of a bad rap, you know, for, you know, kind of maybe um, limiting what you can and can't post. And, you know, that's maybe their prerogative and, and we'll find new homes to do those things. But it's very clear that people get mad when they can't post there. So that tells me that they like the digital platform. Um, so I think, you know, Go Wild's really good, a great platform for like social, obviously hunt wise out there doing what they're doing with social stuff. And there's a number of people trying to do stuff. It's a interesting space. We'll see where it goes. And we have a hand in that in some capacity, but not on the social side. You know, we're a little bit more um, unique in what we're doing, but we'll see where that goes for us too. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, as a guy here, I'm using a digital platform to try and talk about what, what I'm passionate about and what I'm, what I'm learning and using this as a way to, I, don't know, I, I guess when folks do put this out there, it, it helps to have a mission. It helps to have a purpose on what you're trying to do. If you're just kind of trying to talk about or show, you know, your, your quick adventures, it's, it's hard to maintain an audience, I think, at that point. But when, like, OKS Hunter has the whole mission of taking away the buck shaming and just bringing people together for the idea of building community as opposed to creating pockets, I think that's a, a huge thing. And being just the double-edged sword that the digital world is, it's it's quickly one of those things that, you know, you put something out there, it can come back and cut you, or at least at some point, it'll be there. But at the same time, I think finding a, a mission and a statement that we can all all get behind uh, really does help out that situation. Yep, totally agree. You're, you're preaching to the choir over here, man. <laughs> never pass, right? Never pass on, you know, shooting what makes you happy and never pass on creating a new memory and having a good experience. And so that's why we say never pass on that shooter buck. Whatever that shooter buck is for you, it's your shooter buck. Amen. Amen. Yep. All right. Well, now we're going to get into some specifics. Um, we got Greg on the horn right now. Greg, what is your favorite critter to chase? Well, that's a good question. Um, can it be seasonal? <laughs> <laughs> no, I got to be hard on you. I want oh, one. So, I want the so, number so right one. Right now, I can't say turkey, even though it's turkey season or it's walleye because it's walleye season or you know, maybe in a few weeks it'll be coho salmon because, you know, I'll be out there in that boat chasing cohos if I can get it running right. Um, you know, I started off deer hunting. I, I, I should say I started off turkey hunting and it segued right into deer hunting. And the only reason turkey hunting was the first thing is when I graduated hunter safety, they gave us a free turkey tag right off the bat. So that was the first animal I harvested. I, I killed a big 24 pound turkey with 11 and a half inch beard, you know, um, but deer, I really, I really enjoy hunting deer, you know, learning how they use the landscapes and what they're foraging on at different times of the year, um, running the trail cameras, you know, I start running trail cameras in July and I'll keep them out pretty much until they're done dropping horns, uh, you can go anywhere and hunt deer just like you can turkeys too, I suppose, but deer is a lot more meat on, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, if I were to choose what I'd like better to eat, I'd have to go with the deer. Gotcha. Know? So chasing, chasing turkeys, but eating venison. Cause that was my follow-up is now you got to pick the favorite critter to eat. So you've already yeah. had that, that right away. Yeah. Yeah. Now I, I'm going to say chasing deer and eating venison is definitely where it's at for me, but a close second would be the turkey. And if I ever get out and do some other hunting, elk hunting or, you know, antelope or something, mule deer, maybe that might be a new favorite, but I don't know. Whitetail are always, have always been there for me. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with whitetail. Sounds good. Eric, favorite critter to chase. Cause you were talking yeah, the about only one angling was your big start out with. Angling is my big start. I fell off the map with it, came back to it again, fell back in love with it. But whitetails for me, 
through and through. There's nothing. I don't turkey hunt yet. I haven't done it. I've never done any small game hunting. Um, it's just whitetail until I hunt elk probably. Like I'm obsessed with the idea of elk hunting right now. And uh, we're not doing it this year with the, the third baby on the way. Uh, right around the time that would need to be gone. So, so far today, it's still going to be whitetail. And since that's the only thing I really hunt, that's what I'm eating by and large. And I like the variety you can get with it, you know, getting all that meat processed up. Um, I processed the deer once myself. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. It took me an entire day. My hands were freezing. I lost all my dexterity. I stopped being able to cut anything properly. I have a short patience with anything. Uh, so of course, frustration and swear words start flying. Uh, that was one of those things where I couldn't really fall in love with the process too much, but it was good to learn. I was happy I did it because I have a greater appreciation for when I go spend 80 bucks and it's done. Mm -hmm. uh, but getting the snack sticks and the jalapeno cheddar and the brats and, and all this other stuff, man, it's awesome. It's awesome. And that's the stuff that the wife likes. So, you know, that I can still cook and she's got her, her, her thing for all the Packer games or whatever she's doing. Well, good deal. Is it something you would come back to? Like, I know you just mentioned, like, yeah, this was a, a process. You were glad to do it, but there was a lot of heartache and a lot of hardship. Is it something you'd be willing to jump back in and try again? Or is it one of those things where the the allure of the tasty treats, you know, you, you find a guy that you can create a relationship with as a butcher and you just, this is my guy I'm going to go to. Is that going to be your pursuit then? I'll probably come back to it later on. You know, when everything settles down, life feels impossible right now. I'm going to tell you right now, two kids, three, three in the way. I don't know how we're going to handle it going from man to man to zone. But, you know, we're, out, we're going to be outnumbered here pretty soon. And I already feel like I can't come up for air. So, you know, at some point when these kids all start to grow up and maybe things settle, I don't have like 100,000 things to do every day. You know, I can kind of dive into more of that stuff. And you know, at that point, one or two or all my kids will end up wanting to learn some of that stuff. And that's where teachable moments and things like that. I'd be happy to, to slow down and show them what to do. I'll probably have YouTube up on whatever screens around in the next 20 years to show me. Um, but we'll figure it out. Call Greg Good up. Good deal. Good deal. Yeah. I, you're, uh, you're, oh, go ahead, Greg. Your pal, Greg might know a few things about how to carve up a few deer. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be there to help you out. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I've done my share. I mean, that was one of the first things I remember as a kid. My dad uh, had gotten a doe hanging in the barn and uh, caped it out. I watched him and helped him cape it. And I think I was only maybe three or four years old, just barely big enough to walk and and uh, carry on a sentence. But I remember him handing me this big hindquarter off this doe, this cold hindquarter, no, no hide left on it. And that thing was heavy, man. I remember taking a digger down into the gutter with it and getting it all full of dirt and hay. And him standing me up with it and just kind of laughing and then, you know, kind of scooting me on my way back to the house with this big cold hindquarter in my hands. So I learned a long time ago how to, how to cut deer and how to process it. It was fun. And that's another thing I look forward to, you know, doing as part of the process. Awesome. Awesome. I, I love that story of just, you being <laughs> you being a little in and carrying oh, yeah. that huge hide and quarter. Oh yeah. When when I drop this episode, I'll I'll share a quick story. Um Eric, there is life after three children. Now it may not be as prestigious. I currently have a six, a four, and a three year old, and I I lean heavily on the Lord a lot of days just for for sanity. <laughs> My wife talks about how she doesn't have three children. She has four children, <laughs> me being the number, the fourth one. But there is life. So I think you're going to be okay. But I tell you, bringing the boys down and... It just my, my knowledge that I have accrued and worked on as far as being able to break down deer and given them the opportunity, I slid over the, the rib rack um, as I was continuing to break the animal down. I need to keep them occupied. And I, they had, they brought butter knives down to the shop because they wanted to help dad cut deer. And I have a picture of my four-year-old. And at that point he was only two, but my two-year-old just taking butter knives and just hacking into a rib section and i just kind of awesome. talked it over to like you know what i'm gonna get them a little they're gonna get a little bloody you know they're gonna get some blood stain on their on their pajamas but 
they are in their yeah. element right now. They are just loving it. I don't think just they actually a couple of anything. Cubs, man. You're just stabbing at it. And I was like, <laughs> I I was happier. I couldn't be more happier than seeing that. My older one, man, he want, he loves to eat it. But yeah, he was definitely in the process. He was up with mom. He's like, yeah, when it's ready for the pan, then we'll get excited. So it's gonna be a it's gonna be an effort with this one or the I older. I think you one. saw the the video of my daughter when I got my buck. So when I shot the buck that I got this past season on public, I called my wife right away first, and you know I put on FaceTime. She didn't believe me. She's like, is that your deer? Is that dead? Like, what's going on? She's like, did you get one? I was like, yes, that's what that is. I got it. Yes, it's my deer. I shot it. And she still didn't believe me. I was like, oh my God, I hate you. Uh, but then my daughter takes the phone for immediately because that's just who she is and how she operates. Keep in mind, she's, you know, three years old, right? And she goes, is that a deer? Yes. Is that a buck? Yes. Can we eat it? Yes. Like, that was the first, you know, <laughs> she was so excited. So, Hopefully she'll be my little buddy going forward with some of this stuff, but I, you know, we cooked it up that night and she had some venison. So that's about the freshest meal I've ever had in my life. <laughs> I tell you, only- it wasn't touched by anybody else. Just oh. your hands at that point. Well, actually it was Greg's hands, but yeah. Oh. <laughs> the only thing I can tell you guys is if you got kids that are interested, keep them interested. Every time you get one, they, if they get excited to go out, no matter what time of night it is, you let them go out. You keep them, keep them, you know, thrilled to do that stuff. And they'll never, they'll never shy away from it unless they have a really bad experience. So keep the positive experiences going. And I, I, I promise you, you'll probably keep them as, as hunters for sure. That's wise words there, Greg, wise words that we want to take them out to do what they can. And, you know, when they're ready, yeah, I'm done for the night. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We're, we're done for yep. the night. Um, yep. They don't have that where we have as adults have been able to say like, I can go through these hard situations because it ain't going to be a big deal, but you never know. Those hard situations could be a big deal for them at that point, getting just a bit too cold where they, you know, they can't feel their toes for a little bit. That, that can really, really mess with you. Um, my, my middle boy, he had to go pee and we were inside of a, a pop-up line and, I was like, you know what, anywhere inside this box, you know, I'm going to ask you to be quiet for a little bit, but we brought the snacks, we brought, um, you know, the Game Boy, we brought uh, the stuff for him to be able to just sit there and kind kind of like a little bit like church, like there for a little bit, like that's how kind of we started with it. But then, yeah, I, I got to go pee. So I'm like, well, just go over to the corner there and take a pee. And of course, he finds a, a stick to trip on, lays right into the blind, and it... Oh. It was literally like a magic show, I'm sure, to whatever was out in the field. Like it just, ta-da, here's two people sitting on chairs. <laughs> so he quick grab it, throw it back on top. And he was really worried. He's like, did, 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 did the deer see us? And I'm like, I think everything saw us, but I think it'll be okay. Because it was still a little bit early that night. Unfortunately, we didn't have anything walk in. But uh, again, it's an experience that I know I'm going to be able to to share with him, you know, at that, at that, this point, he's only four years old, but you know, when he's hanging out trying talking tough with his buddies, I want to be like, remember that time we were in that pop-up line? <laughs> oh yeah. You got ammunition, buddy. <laughs> for sure. And don't be afraid to use it. No, no. Again, okay. is Hunter. I'm going to bring him to be okay because yes, I can tell him Perfect. now that his dad is very, very okay. <laughs> and you know what? You have a hell of a lot of fun doing it. Well, I'm going to bring us here to the crescendo of our show, gentlemen. This is our two-dish breakdown. This is where I'm going to be asking you guys specifics on your either your wild game, your venison, or whatever you're trying to make. So I'm going to be looking for something very, uh, what do I want to say? Um, from Eric, I'm going to be looking for something he's really excited about doing. I'm going to be looking for something that Eric is really willing to feed to the two kids that he's got right now and that keep mama happy. And I'm going to be looking for something pretty uh, savvy, something pretty extraordinary out of Greg here. He's got some, he's got some experience and I can already see him smirking. He thinks he's got something up his sleeve, but we'll see. You know what? You know what I'm going to have up my sleeve here. You ever have orange cat? 
<laughs> I hear it's still <laughs> meowing, so it's going to be real fresh. <laughs> I had real fresh, real nice. So I guess we're going to start out with we're going to start with Greg. Greg, you get right. you get the first choice or the the first dish here. Actually, you're both going to get this this one. Um, it's a wild game dish, so I'm going to open it up. You've got okay. lots of options. I'm looking for the party, the barbecue, the family gathering uh, specialty. You're trying to be the crowd pleaser. What are you serving? My family, if I'm doing a barbecue, it's expected to have one of the hindquarter roasts. Actually, I'll do, uh, I'll do the top round and the bottom round out of a hindquarter. And that top round, that one's just going to get a light uh, coating of olive oil and some spices put on it. And that one is just going to go on the grill, get it singed on all sides, get it browned, and then just kind of indirect cooked off to the side. The bottom round, the smaller piece, that one is going to get filleted, stuffed with blue cheese, wrapped in bacon, and that one... That one's usually like the order party pleaser that goes on the same grill and cooked to medium, medium rare and sliced and served. It's like watching vultures on a roadkill. Uh, <laughs> it usually doesn't last very long on the table. That's, that's the meat portion and everything else is it's usually garden vegetables and, you know, maybe some homegrown potatoes out of the garden and all that fun stuff. Yeah, Good that's deal. what I'm going with. That that is a crowd pleaser. You can't go wrong with that no. setup. No, I like how you do it. You keep it simple. A little bit of garlic, a little bit of salt, a little bit of pepper, yep. and you just yeah. let Venny, Venny be Venny. You got to. Uh, otherwise, it, what is it? You know, well, it tastes like pork. Well, it wasn't supposed to taste like pork, or it wasn't supposed to taste like beef. It's venison. It's what it is. Good deal, Eric. I'm going to take the same question. And I'm going to modify it just a little bit. Being with it, with it being venison and using your newfound tragger, what have you found to be the crowd pleaser, either just in your home or something that you've taken someplace and had a chance to to share with others? What's been your crowd pleaser that you've been able to make? So it's a pit boss, but I'll say that because... Excuse me, pit boss, sorry. I had a real hard time making oh, here we go. between a Traeger and a pit boss. And the pit boss has the ability to expose the flame, which was a big selling point. And the so far, the best meal I've made on that thing was combining the, the grill and the uh, cast iron skillet. And we made venison meatballs in the cast iron skillet, marinated in uh, marinara. Um, and then we toasted the buns and got you know um mozzarella cheese on there and we served up a meatball sub dish off of the grill in a cast iron skillet so it was like one of the best meals i think i've ever had it was it was incredible that's awesome oh a good meatball man you can't go wrong with a good old meatball here's what i want to i want you to try something too are, are you a big onions fan like, yep. do you like onions Yep, I grow them in the garden, so you better believe it. Good deal. My my wife did like a, a Swedish meatball, and then kind of how you would cook down for French onion soup, she cooked down a whole ton of onions. And it was one of those, it you couldn't dip it, but it was one of the things like you take you take a scoop of the onion and then you hit the the meatball and you do it as one bite, and oh my goodness, that savory sweet mix to it yeah because you get you get onions to a certain temperature they start to really bring out the sugars they caramelize so caramelized onions combined with anything is phenomenal oh any yeah. burgers any roast caramelized anything. onions candied bacon oh god mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> like the epic time of the huntivore podcast all of a sudden bacon <laughs> strips and bacon strips and bacon strips and venison there's a shirt for you yeah okay does go head in hand but at the same time i mean just like greg greg said i i'm on board like bacon has its place at the same time you don't need to wrap everything in bacon once in a while if you're making the meat candy go after it but 
That's an hors d'oeuvre. Let be Venny be Venny. Yep. <laughs> Agreed. Absolutely. Good call. My next one. This takes a little bit more weight to it because the the Buckmasters have finally voted that OKS Hunter is going to be canceled. Cancel culture has found its way over here. They've decided that we're done and that the creators of OKS Hunter, Eric and Greg, they're out. We got to take them out of this world. They're done. They are going to grant you one last meal. So with this meal being uh, wild game specific, I'm going to say since the Buckmasters are taking us out, it's going to be the it's going to be venison you have to use. But what is your last meal request? And make sure you're very detailed because you're you're buying more time here. Well, I'll, I'll go. With, we'll start with Eric. I'll, yeah, because I'm gonna have to get going, guys. I'm gonna go with a uh, venison meatloaf wrapped in bacon smothered in mashed potatoes and a venison au jus gravy i love it that's what i'm gonna go with that sounds like i could be happy with that and sail off into the sunset that is comfort food at its finest too i bet he eats the whole thing i don't he doesn't I even would. share it he yeah, just right, I would. buys I'd the whole thing crush the whole pan <laughs> i guess i'm gonna jump into the car i'll put you on mute uh, consider me MIA for now. Gotcha. Ladies and gentlemen, Eric Clark. Thank you, sir. Hi, guys. <laughs> All right. So over to you, Greg. It's just you and me now. It's just us. I'm going to go with, I just made it, in fact, um, the filet mignon of the deer, that inner tenderloin, those succulent little pieces of meat. Um, I'm a huge fan of the morels, if you haven't noticed. And you're lucky son no, of a gun that you're finding the morels. Hey, tell me about it, man. This has been the first good year in probably a handful of years, but because their conditions are so dry, I'm not finding, I'm finding hot spots. They should be hot, but because it's so dry, they're not oh. there. It sucks. Um, but pan fried morels, fry them in a pan and just the morels, no butter at first. Get them so they release their juices. Once the juices evaporate out of the pan, throw some butter in there, get them crackling, pull them off. Keep that in there. Take that, them beautiful pieces of inner tenderloin, throw them in there. They get that nice flavor. Throw a shallot in there. When you're done with that, throw your asparagus in there. There's no shame in a little ditch weed. Okay. <laughs> little ditch grown asparagus that's got more flavor than anything you'll buy from the store and if you really want to get fancy if you can find some ramps throw them in there too if they get a real nice flavor all that together and then you know i like potatoes with my meat so i'm gonna have to say some baby reds from the garden that them gotta go down in there too so i got a nice little plethora of good stuff and that's my meal man that's my that's my last meal if the buck masters are coming to take me down that's it that's what i'm awesome. having i love it greg that's a great awesome. way to send out like you said off into the sunset yep. you know, at that point you can go down a happy hunter at that point you betcha you betcha <laughs> <laughs> this has been this has been such a fun night um i know eric had to take off he was he was busy here um thank you guys so much for coming on i want to give you guys just just a moment like if if People, have, they've probably already found you if they've found me, but where can we find more about where to hunt? Where can we for, find more about OKS Hunter? What are you guys doing? What are your tags? This is your this is your minute and a half to just tell us where can we find you guys? Sure. So um, most of the content that Eric is putting out and, and I help with some of it, uh, where to hunt. So where to hunt on Instagram. I believe it's where to hunt podcast. And that's and- it numeral two not yes to exactly it's so it's where the number two hunt you, you can go search that on on uh on instagram and on facebook we got pages there uh okayest hunter that's pretty much a given too as well on facebook and instagram 
I don't think he's doing anything on Twitter at this point. And then OKest Fisher is like the latest thing. So it's all together. We're all kind of working together and trying to put together some content for it. You'll see my goofy mug on plenty of OKS Hunter stuff and soon to be some OKS Fisher stuff. So check it out. Um, and then me, just by myself, uh, I, I post a lot more photography and, you know, what I, what I like sharing with people. Uh, just my first name, Greg underscore Tubbs on Instagram. So, yeah, go check us out. We're, we're there. Uh, you got questions for us or just wanted to shoot the bull? We're pretty responsive on all of those platforms. Reach out. We're happy to talk to other hunters and other fish people. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Greg, hold on for just a second. Absolutely. Folks, this has just been a, an awesome evening where we've got, I feel like we've just scratched the surface on the, the whole idea here. Here we are with a couple lifelong hunter and anglers who just really enjoy the outdoors and they really promote a mission and a purpose to say we're about the lifestyle and not about what's on top of the head. We're not about what's uh, the cool thing at this point. Like you should always be happy with what you're putting down and that we want to create a positive community because ultimately if we don't stick together we're going to lose what we love so let's come together and really celebrate what's important the traditions and man the meals that we bring in so folks if you end up having a great time or a great story uh that you want to share about being okayest hunter make sure you share it with uh the guys over at where to hunt and if you're going to be celebrating your kill in the kitchen with the beautiful venison that you got or the turkey that you just it was able to whack this season make sure that you're doing it with your knives sharp